with your cappuccino. What what would you call a show with you and I in? Or would I mean I have a, a podcasty drafty thing, but like it's I loved your radio subconscious. I thought that was really cool. I don't know. I think usually the best way to name something is that you you like think about some things that you want to talk about and some questions that you want to ask or places that you want to go. And then once you're talking through it, once you've done it, you listen through it and go, oh, this was a conversation about um, meals, wheels, and automobiles. And then that's what you call it. You say, Yes. Radio subconscious, yes. meals, wheels, and automobiles, a conversation with Ed Hazel uh-huh. and Jay Bomb Wiggity. Jay Bomb Wiggity. <laughs> my professional name. So on oh, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I quite I quite like this immersive room thing. It it does I also I'm kind of I'm also kind of doing it. It's a bit disconcerting, like seeing myself sitting there. Because it's like I'm looking at you and I'm talking to you, but then um, I don't know. It makes me feel like a news presenter. But yeah, and also it kind of it, it does take me away from where I really am and kind of puts me more here, which is quite cool. Mm. Mm. I mean, I'm in the sunroom at my. I was going to turn around the camera and show you, but you won't see anything. Um, we could change that. So I'm in the sunroom at my parents' house. So the whole room is just oh nice. Especially in the winter. Yeah. When it's so cold, but this room is like toasty, cozy, lovely, warm. Yeah. Summer it's a bit uh, I mean it's lovely, but it does get a bit raucous in here. Yeah. Um, Looks chilly where you're at. It's uh, really toasty here. No, it's just just an indoors already. Yeah. I mean, you've got a scarf on and like a bomber jacket. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, the indoors. It's not so warm inside today. But zooming outdoors doesn't. Always pan out the way that mm-hmm. like. And here's Ed with the weather. And here's Ed with the weather. Well, coming in from this southerly uh, escarpment today, we have ginormous clouds that look like fluffy tails from the backs of small sheepdogs. That one <laughs> looks like an elephant. Meow. Yeah. Does that elephant make cat noises? <laughs> right. So, so okay, wait. Just move your move your face a little closer to the screen. Move my head. Clo- I'm gonna move the move screen closer to my head. Yes, there you go. That works. It's telling me my internet is unstable. That's so weird. It's like my personality. <laughs> it's such a trick. Boring. <laughs> This is a super productive conversation. I'm loving it. <laughs> Riveting stuff. Prime entertainment. Golden, delicious. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do have a question for you. So okay. Um, 
on a practical on a practical level like just talking about podcasts and video zooms and things we've been we've been watching a whole bunch of content um it's so weird to just like speak about stuff and try and fill in people who aren't there and just try and think about people who aren't there and you kind of ask yourself should i be filling this in or sh should i just talk as though you know we're just talking like yeah you kind of have to I don't know if you've watched the Midnight Gospel. No. Um, so it's based on it's animated by um, the gentleman who did uh, Adventure Time, and it's Duncan Trussell. It's all excerpts from Duncan Trussell's Family Hour podcast, okay. and um, they it invited people in to talk over some other bits so that it looked like that there was coherence with the episode, but most of the conversation was taken from a podcast. So. There are these like really bizarre things that happen like um the premise is, is this character and he has a universe simulator and he projects his consciousness into these universes that are dying and interviews people for his space cast okay. and he gets a different avatar each time and he goes and he has this conversation so the one episode he lands up on this um this a lot of the shows it's kind of about death and annihilation and our relationship with it and um True, if you haven't watched it, I really would. The, the graphics are quite disturbing, but they're wonderful. And he, so the one planet, uh, the one episode, he lands on this planet and there's like all these cute little clown babies and this like horrifying monster and the clown babies like bait these monsters. And then the whole show is like him and this gigantic creature like going through a meat grinder to be made into whatever. And the characters he talking and it's like, yeah. And then if you've read my book, or my first book and it just like comes out of nowhere that he's like interviewing this like bizarre animal and then just like casually in the conversation it's like yeah so um in my first book I blah 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 and like the second episode you'll be like yeah and you know when I was in prison it just and you're just like you've been watching for four or five minutes this weird animal and then they'll just drop this context in there that if you'd listen to the whole podcast obviously you'd know the context but because yeah. it's this animated show like all of a sudden this like gigantic anthropomorphic animal is like Oh yeah, so like in my first book, I wrote about my relationship with addiction. And you're like, what is going on? And it'll be like, yeah, so when I spent 20 years in prison, you're like, who? <laughs> no. It's really great though. It adds this kind of um really, I suppose, like a I don't want to say Dada-esque, but just like kind of Dada, I guess, which is like, wow, this is what this is what I'm saying. Just fucking just that's art. There we go. Are you gonna argue? Just proving that it's art. <laughs> I'm enjoying. <it. laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you should uh, you should watch the Midnight Gospel. It's great. I think I think the one interesting thing, just to bring that full circle back to what's I think what's stimulated that the idea of of kind of just like throwing listeners or viewers or whatever the, the consumer of the product, the consumer of the your video, your footage, your in in the deep end so they're kind of like oh my gosh is this is this memento like <laughs> what just happened and and it kind of it gives your brain a whole bunch of of open loops to to solve and people love mm. that stuff especially mm. if they do jobs that involve cranking widgets and they you know that doesn't really doesn't really stimulate their brain so well i think people actually appreciate not being spoken to like they're stupid to yeah. be honest like this whole thing of no i must explain everything to you like you're a four-year-old is kind of demeaning yeah. whereas we can you can just talk about things you know um you can provide context if it's like we're going really deep and 
it's probably helpful to have these kinds of conversations in a live setting where other people are listening because then you can look at them and then when they're like you're like oh do you need context and then yeah please and then you go okay so some context is we've been doing this workshop for the last two weeks on conscious creation um which sounds like the most pretentious shit ever but it's actually really not um and then people amazing. go oh, okay cool. super amazing life-changing for sure yeah i mean this is the second time i've done it and um like i said i had a moment in the first uh the first live webinar where i was like oh okay yeah we're back in this arena again let's do it let's go. Yeah. let's do this yeah yeah i i think what i love the most is the idea that everybody has an innate genius in them and it really is about unlocking that and that genius is self-informed that it's it's about not look we we are refined through feedback from others which i think is also an important point from the course is that we need other people to illuminate to us our blind spots because we don't see ourselves clearly we're too invested in it but yeah. if you're going to make something truly extraordinary in your own experience and maybe even for other people it has to be it can't be just a replica of something that somebody else has done you know although you know many many of the greatest ideas of all time have been stolen from better more innovative minds by people who are just much better at marketing so steal like an artist have you have you, have you uh, heard of Austin Theon um, I read a book by Austin Theon. Uh, well, he's, he's got a book called Steal Like an Artist. But he's got another book um, called Show Your Work, which I think kind of inspired me, A, to get a website with my own name, nameandsurname.com. Um, but it just kind of like inspires the idea of showing your journey as an artist. And I think that's the amazing thing about just kind of getting going and being willing to put out something out there that's not as long as it's not offensive to the majority unless i mean that's your intention um it's something that adds value to at least someone <laughs> then the, the process of showing your work kind of gives other people the not the impetus but the nudge along and the allowance i think kind of like jim carrey in a sense to to be themselves and to express themselves and, and not be too concerned about having something that's perfect because um, mm. at the end of the day I'd rather listen to the podcast that's kind of a little bit bad than the podcast that never gets produced because you can't listen to that one so yeah I'd rather listen, watch a whole bunch of B-grade movies than have nothing to watch I don't know if I would be watching it if that was the case but... <laughs> yeah I, I, think, I think we're kind of starved of anything real in this day and age I think especially um, I mean, Instagram and Facebook are create, uh, curated um, personas, and that's all we interact with anymore is each other's curated personas. And uh, with the pandemic, we've been so starved of, you know, genuine, meaningful stuff. And I, I think we're also really entitled to the idea that everything's supposed to be really, like, easy or comfortable when comfort is it really inhibits growth you know you, you don't growing is not a comfortable process and I think 
that when we share the rawness of ourselves and, and the process of it, um, I mean, I, as a as someone who's good at making things, good at making many different things, I'm, I'm, I have a natural knack for creating things. I also feel intimidated when I see this like perfect finished product. I'm just like, fuck no. And then to go through the process or watch other people doing that is, honestly, it's inspiring. It, it mm. makes me want to mm. strive harder and further, but to see the things that people trash is, deeply humanizing yeah. you know I think we forget yeah. that we're all these really kind of vulnerable sensitive seeking creatures and those small windows into people's processes the work in progress is um it connects us back in with the fact that like oh okay cool we are just like this community of unfortunately conscious apes like really just trying to figure it out and it's okay to <laughs> make a lot of mistakes um i mean i know i personally had a i mean a huge perfectionist tendencies and it's really nice to see things that aren't perfect and to make things that aren't perfect and to make mistakes and to share it anyway like not for everybody to consume you know because some people are just complete assholes really super critical um and criticism is good but only when it's constructive you know and I don't think people know how to give constructive criticism. And I don't think people, yeah, I mean, maybe we don't have the self-esteem for it in ourselves mm. to handle it. Mm -hmm. So we're just fucking mean to each other because we can be, because everything's curated. <laughs> I think that, that perfection is an illusion. I think we were sort of told by media that, that there is this perfection, but it's not really, it's, you just don't, if, if you've got an accustomed eye and you watch a movie, you'll see where the little loopholes are, where, where there's some dude running around in the background with a, the microphone or, <laughs> or the microphone just coming in at the yeah, top. Continuity errors. And I think to try and make sure that you're trying to improve on who you were before as opposed to looking at someone who's been doing it for 10, 15 years and being like, oh no, I, I have to have that before I can actually release any content or before I can show this to anyone. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. So I was actually having a conversation um, with Janie about this yesterday and saying, you know, so much of the kinds of like for me, the, the most incredible people that I've met are people who have an extraordinary relationship with their own pain. And it's not self-indulgent. It's like, they're so open to having the shit kicked out of them by life when it's necessary. You know, they just stand there and they get hit by the truck and the truck goes through them and somehow they're still there when it's done. You know, those people, they almost like transcend. They just, it just, they just allow themselves to be transformed by the process of life. You know, like, I mean, I met this woman whose really young son had died very tragically. And we'd been speaking over a number of weeks about it. And at a certain point, and I mean, I don't know if this is a grief response or, or what, but she, she looked me dead in the eye and she said to me, 
the person who I am now and the person who I was before he passed are such different people that I, I obviously it hurts, but I wouldn't wish it any other way. I didn't deserve to have him with the unconscious life that I was living before. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, and, and, and the conversation that we had was sort of around yesterday was around how do we develop the self-esteem to confront our pain? Because we, we, we're constantly trying to suppress it and smother it with stuff. You know, it's like more relationship, more sex, more food, more Facebook scroll, wank, whatever it is, instead of just like, I'm going to let this bus hit me and just be standing here afterwards. Cause that's the thing, right? It's like when you really just let yourself feel the pain that you think is going to destroy you, it only destroys the pieces of you that aren't actually you. And then somehow when you're standing there, you're like more clarified on the other side, right? But it, it doesn't matter how often you do this. Like I, I've, I read this book a while ago called Psychedelic Shamanism. Mm -hmm. And he was describing this dream that he had, the, the author, I can't even remember who wrote it, where he, he found himself standing in this room of Viking warriors. And he came to understand that these, these people were people who had devoted their lives to the truth no matter the cost, no matter what it took for them, from them, no matter what it, what it asked of them, they would pursue truth. And he said he realized that he himself wanted to be one of these warriors. And the closing line was, it gets easier and lonelier the older I get. And I was like, whoa, I want to be one of those people. You know, I don't know if we can pursue a meaningful life without that devotion to, to truth. And the truth is, life is pain right it's really hard to be a human being like it's never going to be easy or um eternally blissful like there's there's always going to be horrific people die you know that's just like one of the, the confirmed things it's a terribly I wanted to finish that conversation by saying that a there's this that we don't have the tools to deal with pain well but even when you do have the tools, you get better at it for sure. And it gets easier in the sense that you can have much harder and harder conversations with yourself and others and then really be productive. And there's a lot less drama in your life and um, you like yourself a lot more. But it's, for me, it doesn't get less scary. <laughs> it's always scary to confront pain. It's always scary to choose not to be in denial and it's always scary to do the hard thing that's the right thing i'm getting better at it i'm getting more practiced at it but it's not like at any point the um the anxiety has gone away but i see the results of telling that kind of truth in my life and so i have to keep doing it because the other thing that you don't realize is the more that you do it the more difficult it 
becomes to go back and to be ignorant and to lie to yourself and to lie to other people.